top, top, top of the morning to you. I tell you, this is your girl, Fabulous Frida, and I want to thank you for tuning in to WDGS on your podcast station. In my meditation this morning, the Holy Spirit is still processing patience with me. The Holy Spirit is still processing the word patient inside of me. And I the previous podcast, I talked about patience being a virtue. But this morning, as I was communing with God, I was literally communing with God because I was asking God these questions. And God began to minister to me through his word and through the Holy Spirit. Because see, the Holy Spirit, it it teaches you, it leads you, and guides you into all truth. It's so important to exercise that foundation of understanding what the Holy Spirit does. The reason that I say this is because every single human breathing, everything human and breathing, listen, everything that's human and breathing, because all things that breathe, breathe are not human. You need to grab that. See, see, breath is when you need air to survive. And everything that needs air to survive is not of human being nature. Our trees need the elements of air. Insects need air. Animals need air. So that's why when I say everything that is human and that breathes need air. But the most important thing Out of everything that needs air, believe it or not, there's a spirit. There's a spirit. And when you hear me speak about the spirit, that's when you look beyond the outer appearance of an animal or a person or what they would call back in science and in high school, vertebrates and and, and, and different aspects of organisms. When you know that everything that has breath, that needs breath, has a spirit. So when I say certain things and I indicate by using the word spirit, but now this is the thing about a spirit. All spirits are not holy. Hello. (laughs) All spirits are not holy. And oftentimes when I reference to spirits, I don't trust. Hello. That's because that's not a holy spirit. Hello. And that's no judgment. It's just that when you understand the power of the Holy Spirit, that's the spirit that teaches you, leads you, and guides you into all truth. And when I say truth, I don't mean the truth the way people want to bring into the perspective of their own mindset. And that's what the Lord had me dealing with this morning when the Holy Spirit brought back Galatians, the fifth chapter, between verse 20 and 22, the fruits of the Spirit. And so the fruits of the Spirit has been in my spirit. And the fruits of the Spirit, they are designed biblically to guide us in our conduct and our character. Hello. And so I was was lying there and I was communing. And I communed with God after I said my morning prayer. Actually, I pressed my recorded prayer that I placed recently in my podcast. So after that prayer finished, and I laid there and began to continue to commune with God. And God brought back into my spirit Galatians, the fifth chapter, verse 20 through 22. He said, you're not finished with patience. Because although you talked about patience being a virtue, what you did not talk about is the perspective 
of patience. Oftentimes, many people don't understand the perspective of why patience is so important. And perspective clearly determines how we see things. I tell you for me, when I think about the perspective of belief, and I'm a a big believer, when I think about the perspective of belief, I'm a very big believer. And in my perspective of belief, I stick with what works for me. A lot of times, you know, people believe things, but they don't look at the perspective of it. And when I look at the perspective of what I believe, I believe, I believe in the Bible for instructions. I I, I need to, I need to enlighten you why I say that. Not for religious reasons, but for spiritual reasons. I hope somebody grabbed that. I look to the Bible for instructions because the instructions that I receive from that book has validated and manifested many, many things in my life. What those instructions have instructed me to do when I follow those instructions They have manifested many things and they have manifested many miracles, okay? That's why I'm I'm sharing with you the perspective. Now, in my perspective, because I've proven and I've matched what the instructions of the Bible have provided, and I have seen the manifestation. And so you got a lot of people, they they are spiritually perplexed about their belief. And then you have some people like me, they stand on solid solid foundation. And when I I stand on something that's solid in my life, my patience and perspective have shown me it works. When I realize the power of prayer, prayer is not about a religion. Prayer is about a relationship of belief that you say words and those words will reveal an answer to you from an unknown and unseen presence of a person that you talk to. Or you got some people, prayer is a release of words that will bring back results from an object that they talk to. I'm just saying. And it's all in the perspective. And perspective generates from patience. So, you know, as the Holy Spirit is lying there, and this is how it's teaching me this morning, and it just starts ministering to me. And I and I start saying to myself, mm, that's good. And I could never understand why I would get this frequent phrase. Everybody's not like you. I've been hearing that phrase for so many years, men, women, even my children. But this is the thing. And I, and, I, and I didn't sit down and process the perspective of it until I began to start this year. And I said, God, why do people keep saying that? I mean, I'm following the guidelines of the biblical instructions for eternal life. That's the Bible. And for everybody to me that mentions they have a relationship with God, hello, they should be making application of the same thing. I said, God, it, 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 uh, I can't make it match. Because what's so, what's so profound about anybody when we all got the same textbook, hello, that we read from, we're testing from, and we study from? What they mean? Okay, because I don't want to sue somebody. That's because the Bible instruction said that we should not sue other people. I'm just talking about me. And so when I, I'm not a hypocrite and that's, and that's what God started teaching me. And if you listen to some of my older podcasts, beginning the ending of last year and definitely the beginning of this year, God kept telling me that people are some of the biggest hypocrites. They cannot practice what they preach and they definitely cannot practice what I present 
in the Bible, in the biblical instructions for eternal living. And I said, okay, God. But he said, but yet they'll talk about me. They'll pray to me. They'll ask me for blessings. They'll ask me to help them. They'll ask me to heal them. They'll ask me to deliver them. They'll ask me to save them. But yet, they don't ask me to give them the strength to follow my instructions. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. So God said, so that's what was different about you. See, you didn't get on your phone back in the days. When you were surviving to raise your kids, you got on your knees. And you would come to me with your questions. And I would guide you through the biblical instructions with an answer. And you would take that answer and make application. And that's what brought me to this place when I got into ministry arena. See, because I didn't didn't hang out in the ministry arena. I kid you not. I would go to church. I would send my children to church and we would do it in seasons. Hello. Hello. We didn't we didn't go to church consistently. We went to church in seasons. We may go for two or three months and we'll stop going. But what I did not stop doing is teaching church. Because the church is not indicative to the building. That's why you got a lot of people are, are perplexed with, with religion and Christianity. Because they think it's about a building. And they think it's about a gathering. And all they see is a fellowship among believers. And so they say. I remember when my pastor said that when I was uh, omit several Sundays from coming to the church house. And I'll be active, active, active every Sunday. And then I'll stop until God instructs me to resume. That's why I'm telling you in all in all of my life, in the biblical instructions, the Bible... But but I said, I'm going to stop saying that because when I say Bible, people see book. But when I say Bible, I see biblical instructions for believers before leaving earth. All of us need instructions. We cannot survive without instructions. We can't learn how to cook. We don't know how to get to our jobs. You can call it Google, GPS, but instructions have been in this world since the world have been in existence. When Adam and Eve, as the Bible indicates, as the first human beings, it didn't say the first living beings. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. I didn't feel like preaching this morning. I wanted to stick to perspective. But when the Holy Spirit takes over, like I feel is coming. See, in the beginning, you got to grab this. Before Adam and Eve, two human beings. See, it never said that there were not human life. But it said when he made human beings in a particular image, before then there were there were human life. But even then, human beings were given instructions in the garden. So instructions have been around, in other words, ever since you've been living. Hello, whatever your age, unless you was born back in the Garden of Eden. <laughs> I'm just saying. So instructions are very instrumental in our lives. That's why I'm going to tell you something that vexed my spirit more than anything. It's hard-haired children. Oh, God, help me today. The reason hard-haired children, disrespectful and disobedient children vex my spirit because they, they don't like following instructions. And when you got a child that you got to badger and beat and badger to follow your instructions. Hello, oh God, help me today. I can show you a child that's going to go through a hard time in life. I'm going to show you a child that's going to go through a lot of destructive behaviors and patterns because they don't want to humble themselves to instructions. And when you have people that Damage themselves. Oh God, help me today. See, I'm going in a direction I, I didn't even know I was going to go. But the Holy Spirit is guiding me right now, y'all. And you got a lot of damaged people. And they have blamed their mama and them. The type of daddy they had. The type of environment they lived in. But let me tell you something. So many times... We live in the seat of hypocrisy. And when you find a person, oh God help me today, 
I don't know what I'm about to say, but God help me today. When you find a person who don't like to follow instructions, I can show you a person that's self-damaging. And what a self-damaging person does, they blame everybody else for the things they'd be hard-headed. You know, that's what the old people used to tell us, hard-headed. You just don't want to follow instructions. And because we didn't follow instructions, and I don't say we, because I've been hard-headed. And I'm not just talking about instructions presented before you. I'm talking about the instructions presented before you. That was the right direction. Hello. You can follow instructions. Somebody can tell you how to get to a place. You know, back in the days when we didn't have GPS. And you would stop along the way and you would ask somebody. Especially if you didn't have a road map. And on the road map, only instructions was limited. They might have got you to the street. But they couldn't tell you who lived in that house on that street. They didn't write that on no map. So sometimes, sometimes when we used to, my granddaddy would take us places and we would get to these smaller cities and and, and we trying to go to, I remember when we first went to Jacksonville, let me just tell you right quick, and we were going to my grandmother's sister daughter house. And this became a regular routine for my granddaddy to take us because my grandmother didn't drive and her sister didn't drive. So the only time we could go somewhere, we had to rely on my granddaddy. Y'all don't hear me that. And, and, so, and so when you got all these people around you, listen, and to be matter of fact, if I just need to cut it and break it all the way down, now that I'm thinking and absorbing, my grandmother, my grandmother, Mother, my great grandmother, listen, you gotta grab this now. You gotta grab this. My grandmother, mother, my great grandmother, who God graced me to be able to see and grow up around, she had only six girls. She didn't have no boys. Listen, you gotta grab this. Six girls. And to my knowledge, not a one of them learned how to drive. Listen, you got to grab this. See, see we, nowadays, we look at things and we think people owe us and obligated. Oh, this person should get, oh, they need to come to my house. Oh, they didn't come to this. Oh, they didn't come to that. But listen, listen, listen. I didn't never hear them murmur and complain about who came and who didn't come. And because it's so many places. Let me tell y'all something. If my granddaddy didn't take us, we went places locally, locally, me, my grandmother and my auntie and my grandmother's sister and her grandchildren. We got out and we walked. We walked to church sometime. We definitely walked sometime. Me and Eileen walked a lot. We walked to the to the store. And when my grandmother and them didn't feel like walking, y'all got to get this. They sent the children. And so when they sent the children, oh, Holy Ghost, I thank you now. You know how we survived as children because we didn't have no driving parents. Hello? We didn't have nobody to take us to school when we missed the bus. You don't hear me now. We had to walk to the school when we missed the bus. Not one time, not two times, but all the time. Because my granddaddy was definitely not finna take off from his job to take us to no school. You were gonna get your behind toe up from the flow up. First off, he wasn't gonna do it. I'ma tell you that right now. And when we got in middle school and, 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 and me, elementary school, high school, and junior high school, uh, those two schools of mine, because high, junior high and high school was connected in the same building. They was divided by the catwalk. And elementary school from the second grade up to um, uh, junior high, it, 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 until they changed some things, not to get off track, they used to be all over on the same side of town. And on that side of town, to get from my house, where I lived, over to the high school. I'm going to keep it at high school. So these kids in high school can understand. We had to literally walk. We never got a ride. You don't hear me that. And we had to walk at least 10 blocks. And I'm just guesstimating. So it may have been five, six, seven miles. Every time you miss the bus, and trust me, I miss the bus a lot of times because I wanted to sleep in. And, and, and Eileen would hit me and hit me, try to wake me up. Get up. We're going to miss the bus and you're going to get in trouble. 
Because, see, when you miss the bus, that means you late to school. Hello. <laughs> so, anyway. And, 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 but the thing is, nobody had cars generally back then but the men. You don't hear me now. And when the man got off from work, if he wanted to keep going and play checkers or wherever he wanted to go, then that meant that the woman would ask the children, go across the street to the store, go around the corner. Whatever they needed to get, they had to give somebody instructions. And when you get instructions, oh God, help me today, then you got to understand how to process a patience. I had to have a lot of patience and I had to have a lot of perspective because I was given a lot of instructions as a little girl. And so when mom used to say, go up to her sister house, which was my auntie, and tell her thus such and so. Sometimes you didn't go to receive anything or pick up anything. You had to go up there and just deliver a message. Hello. You had to get out and walk up there to deliver a message. Wasn't no texting. Wasn't no cell phones. And we didn't have a home phone at the time. Now, my auntie had a home phone, but her messages she couldn't call and tell her sister. They live right down the sidewalk. So instructions became important to me as a child, as a young girl. Let me say that, which made me still I was a child. And so when people don't understand, when you get instructions, oh God, help me today. All instructions, you may not even understand the instructions. Some of the things my grandmother used to tell me to go tell RT, that was her sister name. And, and, and they didn't make sense to me. But they wasn't my instructions. So I also had to learn how to put instructions into proper perspective. And then in order to do that, I had to have patience. But one day I remember I got impatient. And I, and I asked my auntie when I got up to her house, because she was more funny. And she, and she was just funny to me. And she would always have sometimes these open answers. And she worked at the high school in the cafeteria. And so, so many times she would always send these dinner rolls back home that they made at the school. Oh, those was the best rolls. But anyway, so I asked her one day, why am I always the one to do all that, got to bring and carry and go for the instructions. My grandmother sent me to her house. She sent me back with that. And sometimes when I get to her house, she'll send me somewhere that I feel she should have called her grandkids upstairs and asked them to go. And so, but, but, but this was my, this was my, this was my logic. See, this is what I'm saying about perspective and the patience. See, when my patience wore thin, my perspective adjusted. And that's what happened with a lot of people. They will make decisions. Because see, I'm going to tell you about this word perspective. Perspective is very powerful. And perspective makes you particular. And you don't want everybody advice. You don't want everybody perspective. Let me tell you, yesterday, I, I, I didn't purpose this. But I had a quiet day yesterday. God didn't, I, listen, I didn't dial nobody's number. One person called me and they asked me a question. I provided the answer and I got off the telephone. Sometimes we must really get selfish with our time. Now, I don't mean selfish in a way to be rude and nasty to people. Please don't do that. Be kind. But selfish in a way that you got to process things. Because patience requires process. You got to understand why you need to be patient when you're in the midst of people driving erratic in the traffic. You must remember why you need to be patient when you're in the midst of traffic. I'm, let me repeat that. You must remember why you need to be patient now more than ever when you're in the midst of chaotic traffic, but yet you're ready to get home because you got to maybe go to the bathroom. Are you ready to get home because you're tired? You're exhausted. You're ready to get home because you got somebody to meet there. You, you're ready to get home because you just want to be home. And But you're in the midst of all this busy traffic. Traffic, And sometimes people, patients get agitated and aggravated. Please, let me stress, please be patient on the highways. You must understand the perspective. I have never, ever, ever had to pay a traffic violation. Never. Never. Because I execute patience more than any place on the highway. 
Because my perspective of patience is generated by instructions that I received when I took my driver's exam at 18. And I didn't even know or was aware I was taking it. I remember my cousin George. He took me to, we, I was in Atlanta. And I was staying at the time with my cousin George and his wife, Princella, and their kids. And I remember, George, I told my cousin George, I said, I want my driver's license. He said, well, you're going to need them anyway. Because, you know, when you start looking for jobs, you need ID. And, and so he took me to, to the Decatur driver license place. And so when I walked in the place, I told the lady, I said, I want uh, a book to take the driver's test. Now, apparently, I don't, listen, this is my friend. I just told a lady what my cousin said. I want a book to take the driver's test. Now, see, this is why you got to understand why the power of testimony. Stay with me now. People listen and they have here. So the lady told me, she said, okay, well, go back there to computer, to the to that computer on number three. Well, let me, let me take that back. She, it was number five. And so when I went back there, I said, number five. She said, man, she said, look, she said, young lady, just go on, go this way to the right. She gave me the instructions. And she said, when you get there, it's going to be a machine. She said, it is number five right over. She said, just press the button and follow the instructions. Hello? You don't hear me now. Press the button and follow the instructions. So I said, okay. So I pressed the button, which is say start. And, and I followed the instructions. So, well, the instructions start asking me questions. And for every question that it asked, I answered. So, when I finished and it said in, then I didn't know what to do. And until the instructions popped up and said, go back to the front desk. I said, okay. So, I told a lady. So, I guess whatever I needed to do to get a, a book, then I had finished it. And then I went back to the lady. And she said, oh, well, that'll be $10. I said, for the book? And she said, no. She said, you passed the written part of your driving test. I didn't know I was taking the driver's test. So, I ran out there to the car. And then my cousin, I said, I'm going to need $10. He said, for the book? I said, the same thing. And I said, no, she said I took the test and I passed it. He said, well, that's studying. I said, well, apparently. He said, okay, but he gave me the $10. He said, when, he said, then I need to take you down to the real estate place so you can pass the real estate test. So we start laughing. He said, no, I'm for real. He said, how you pass a test without, without studying the material? That's what I brought you. I said, well, all I know, I said, Cousin George, I told her later I came for a book for the driver's test. But see, she missed the part, book. She just heard driver's test. And she just sent me back there to take one. That's why, I, listen to me. When I say what I say, when I say what I say. I'm talking to you from experience. Be careful what you hear. Be careful what get in your ear. Because everybody don't hear good. Hello. That's why I say you must filter what you hear. You got to filter. You got to process it. You got to look at the perspective of it. So into who? When you're particularly with patience, you must be particular when it comes to patience. And that's what the Holy Spirit kept saying to me this morning. You got to go back and you got to add to patience. It's more than just a virtue but you must be particular you gotta be particular you gotta be patient on purpose and in that purpose this is gonna take a process if you impatient about everything cause see we need to have virtue in everything we don't need patience is not just a virtue but we need virtue in everything that we do if we are bible believers I didn't say no Christian are you religious I said, if you're a Bible believer, you need virtue in everything you do. Because let me tell you what it, it, what it does. It defines your character. It defines you. It tells you how to act right. When you're in a situation, you can act up and act out. See, my grandmother used to teach us that stuff, though. And she used to say, Alfredo, no matter where you go, don't you do nothing to embarrass. See, we couldn't embarrass our parents. You can't, you act up and act out if you want to. And you, God knows, you definitely better not be fighting. Because if you fight, you got a whipping for fighting. <laughs> so, you know, 
and we lived in a different aura. Because if you fought anybody, you was getting a whipping. Not because whether you win or lose, listen, in my in my neighborhood, because everybody hood is different. You know, we, we get these cultural teachings, but they actually define and redefines us. But in my cultural uh, community, you couldn't fight. You couldn't fight your neighbor. Oh, God, no. You couldn't fight at school. You couldn't fight nobody at no time, nowhere. I'm just saying. Because if you indicated any act of acting violent, yeah, I'm going to tell you about, say, my grandma's house, you were going to get a whipping. So whoever beat you when you got through fighting, you're going to go home and get beat again. Because they told us that's not the way to solve any problem. You cannot, only fighting that Munnam allowed us to do, my grandmother, is when we watched the wrestling on TV. But it was an entertainment. It was a sports. It was an agreeable entertainment of people executing this type of conduct. But Munnam, you didn't get paid to fight. You better not fight. I'm saying, if you're not in it for a sports, you better not. Because they look, what does that solve? When no matter who got beat, what did that solve? So when I hear all these people that think sometimes you got to confront, hello, you got to confront your adversary. No, you don't. Now, when we get to back to the Bible believers, the Bible say, make peace with your adversary. It never said to fight them. Okay, so when we go back to the biblical instructions, this is our freedom conduct and character. If I, if listen, the Bible taught me to make peace with my adversary. It didn't tell me to fight my adversary. So, so when people say everybody not like you, especially my second husband, oh, he said it almost every day. He made me so overwhelmed. Like I used to want just hush. I'm not because he kept every time I would explain biblical instructions. He always made it about me. And he always felt, you always preaching. This is not preaching. This is teaching. Hello. This is teaching from the perspective of the Bible. And so, so I said, so, so one day I, I got so overwhelmed and I said, please don't say that anymore. Because this is not an Afrida thing. And I need people even in my, in my, in my circle. They always like to think it's about me. It's not about me. Hello. My voice is maybe, but it's not about me because I don't have a heaven or hell to put anybody in. Whatever come out my mouth is not about me. It may be my testimony, but it's not about me. And it's not about people conforming to me because I don't conform to myself. I'm transformed. I'm not conformed. I'm transformed by the renewing of my mind. And every day I ask God to renew my thoughts, refresh them, restore what needs to be restored, refresh what needs to be refreshed, creating me a clean heart, renew a right spirit. I want to be renewed. And I want to live to be 133. <laughs> but who listen the patience of perspective listen you gotta grab this executed if nowhere else please on the highways and the byways executed on your job now that's number two the highways and byways is because you got to get on them to get to work unless you work from home number two execute patience more than anything with people the people on your job it's nothing that, that 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 to me is the biggest disservice. It's when you go to a place for service and you don't receive good service. It's like, but you're getting paid to provide good service. And that, I'm telling you, I had to share that with a lady. I think it was last week. Yep, the dentist's office. And, and, because she lied and deceived me. And, and I let it ride without challenging her. Her conduct and her character. Because y'all know now I can't do that. <laughs> and very politely. Let me add. Without, I, don't, I don't use profanity. And, 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 and I got to be mean and unkind. I could do that and still be kind. Hello. 
But the lady lied and she deceived me for real. And that unset well with me. Because see, if you're rendering customer service, provide that. And she give her position because I asked her when I went in there for her signature on a paper for a statement that she made. I said, I need you to document that, please, if you don't mind. That's why I said you can be kind. We don't we don't have to be disgruntled customers just because we get deceptive people to render us service. So I said to the lady, I said, could you note that on my when they gave me the printout? I said, could you please put on there what you said in writing? Because what you say reflects differently from the balance. So if you don't mind, could you add that? sign it and put your your position here in this office. So she put OM for office manager. And then she be, see, 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 and this is the thing when I had to call back the next day she was apologetic. But, but the first day when I was face to face she wasn't. And I said to her, I said let me share this with you when we got on the phone the next day. I said my, my first job Well, I didn't say all that. I said I worked in customer service for years. But I'm going to say this to everybody listening today. My very first job that I ever had at 17 years old was at McDonald's. I think everybody needs to work at McDonald's or a fast food place. Because it, it teaches you something about the morals of customer service. You're constantly dealing with people. And see, this is the perspective. We're going back to this word real quick. Where my patience is. Because I draw from my own testimonies. I draw from my own mistakes. I draw from my own damage to myself. I don't have time to blame somebody else. For nothing that went wrong in my life. When I knew I didn't follow instructions. That my grandmother taught me. Because if I'd have did that... I'm just saying, hello. I would have had several college degrees, married a wonderful husband, and then had children if I had followed my grandmother's instructions. And because I didn't, I can't blame nobody. You don't hear me that. Don't nothing vex me more than grown children that still want to sit down and blame their mama and their dad. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not saying don't get it twisted. That they we that we all don't create more damage. We all can create damage to add to the disobedience. Oh, that sounds good, and I got that. I hope y'all got it. We all can create damage to add to the disobedience. So I was a disobedient child because my grandma said, "Go to school, get your lesson, and educate yourself before you start trying to wear it back." These boys. Now, how many parents then giving them same instructions to kids? And when we disobey the instructions and the damage begins to get on our journey, then we want to still look at who to blame. Because my mama left me. My daddy wasn't there. My grandma was old. I could have made a whole lot of excuses why I didn't follow instructions. Because the instructions were provided. Make no mistake about that. I knew what I was supposed to do. My chores, my homework, go to school, be obedient, and get my lesson. Those were not hard instructions. See, and that's the thing. We got to stop making excuses for what we don't do correctly. And that's why sometimes you hear me get on my soapbox and say what I say. Because people make excuses for the damage they create. The damage they create in other people's lives. The damage they create in their own lives. And instead of owning, that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. The Holy Spirit teaches us, leads us, and guides us into all truth. And the first truth that it's going to give us is to be true to ourselves. And be true to our beliefs. If you're going to truly believe God, believe. Him. Don't believe him when you just need a blessing. And then when, when tragedy hits and strikes, oh, people don't want to believe him then. Oh, he the world worst God. He mean, he could, oh, God allowed this to happen. Well, God allowed you to live. And, 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 and listen, none of us have to put up with anything in this world. We really don't. Living is also a free will choice. I'm just saying. That may not sound cute. But it's a fact. But I love life and I love living. 
So every day when you love life and you love living, you make sure you try to follow certain instructions. And when you don't have the knowledge of instructions, then you go to people who have wisdom and knowledge to give you proper instructions. That's why I'm a firm believer. From years and years and many times, you be careful who get in your ear. I'm just saying. Because sometimes our own parents didn't follow instructions. And, and, and that ain't throwing no shade. So when people don't know how to follow proper instructions, they don't know how to teach them either. Hello? I'm just saying. They will always give you advice to go against the grain. And so when I used to say to my ex-husband, when he would say, well, everybody not like you. That's my second husband. Let me be clear, because I had two. And some people know I, who all I was married to, so I don't want them to think it was the first one. It was the second one. He always used to say, everybody ain't like you. Everybody ain't like you. Everybody, sh- I wanted to say, ugh. If I hear that as a response one more time, because clearly for all these years we've been connected, which was 20-some years, I think it was 23 years, you still keep missing me. You don't even know me. And I'm telling you, I had to absorb that. Because I said, it, what? And I'm steady saying, I'm not telling nobody to be like me. I'm telling people to be like the same book of instructions that I read from. This is not an Afrida thing. This is a Bible believers thing. If you believe the Bible and the Bible said thou should not commit adultery, well, why are you committing it? Apparently, you don't believe. But you want to take the part and believe when the Bible say, my body don't belong to me. It belongs to you. And so you can ask for it whensoever you will because you know I'm going to surrender to that scripture. But I'm, I'm not just going to surrender to that scripture. I'm going to surrender to all the scriptures that I have been given and engrafted the power to do. And the ones that I don't have the power to do and I know that I should do. Y'all got to grab this. Then I'm going to pray for God to help me do those. Hello. So are you praying for God to help you, strengthen you to not commit adultery? So don't don't come to me with your hypocrisy. And this is where he would think, oh, you fussing. That's not fussing. I can't stand when people think when you give your views and opinions that's on point, you fussing. No, I'm just executing the same thing you're doing. But if I make a valid point based on my perspectives, and if I got the patience to ask God to help me deal with your ways, then I don't understand why you don't have the same patience to ask God to help you deal with my ways. But instead of doing that, you want to get in your car, drive out, drive off, and go lay up with somebody else, and then come back home and think I'm still supposed to be okay with that? Make it match and make it make sense. I'm just saying... Who want to be used? Because that's exactly what you're doing. And see, if, and if I give my vocal opinion about it, they turn around because they could never hear. They never heard me. So they never embraced me. And that's why I say when I say when I say what I say. It's not that that person was a bad person. Listen, people to me are not bad people. They may be bad experiences, but they're not all people. Well, let me say all people, because some people are bad people. They just be bad experiences. And see, when I have when I have a, a unhealthy, let me use that word. When I have an unhealthy experience with somebody, I, I I generally know that's to me now. This is just to me. That's my meter to know I can't trust that spirit. And when I can't trust a spirit, I'm just telling you about me. It don't mean I hate them. It don't mean I dislike them. I just don't trust their spirit. And the reason I don't trust a person's spirit, because I I can fellowship because of experience, of spirits. The Bible, because that's a Bible instruction. Hello? <laughs> the Bible says, know those that labor among you in spirit. The Bible says, try the spirit. Oh, God, help me today. By the spirit and see. It, it is of God. Now, if I run up on a spirit, and that spirit that will lay up with my husband, your husband, and anybody else's husband, because they so big, busy trying to flunk their butt and their breasts and all this stuff, and, and, it, and they don't discriminate, I don't trust that spirit. You ain't coming. You ain't coming. Hello. In my atmosphere, 
around my husband. Not the fact that I don't trust my husband because I already know I didn't trust him. But I don't trust that female either. I don't trust a spirit. If you need to make friends, you got to throw other folks under the bus. I don't trust them kind of spirits. Because you make friends based upon yourself. You make friends identifying with other people. Get to know me. Get to know me before you lie on me. Hello? Or get to know me before you invite somebody else to dislike me. I don't trust them spirits. Because they... I tried the spirit by the spirit and I saw it is not of God. So when people hear me say I don't trust that spirit, that don't mean I don't like somebody. See, because my element of perspective go way deeper than the top surface of the average person thinking. Now, that's what God had to show me this year. I said, why everybody keep saying, everybody don't think like you, everybody don't think like you. And God had to sit me down. I said, God, I'm not asking anybody to think like me. I just voiced my views and opinions, something that everybody know that everybody have. They say it's just like a derriere. Everybody got views and opinions. I hadn't met a breathing human being that don't have a view and an opinion. That That's a mannequin. Even yes people, even people with passive personalities have views and opinions. So nobody gets the right to tell me or to tell you that you shouldn't have a view and an opinion. Now, what makes us all fellowship as believers and be on one accord is that's when we're going to take the instructions from the Bible as our instrumental guide and make application. Then we fellowship among believers. Because that's what I had to tell my pastor when he said, you don't miss too many Sundays. And, and the Bible said, he said, but put, you got to watch that type of spirit. That's these his exact words, quote unquote. He said, but you got to watch that kind of spirit when you start disconnecting yourself from fellowshipping among believers. And, and my response to him, we on the phone. I said, well, pastor, I'm not doing that. He said, well, put, when you ain't coming to church, that what you, I said, no, let's go back to what you quoted, though. You said fellowship among believers. But who's to say they all believers? Hello. Because the reason I started distancing myself from going regular, because I saw too much mess and hypocrisy. And to me, when it's messy mess and it's hypocritical personalities, that ain't, that ain't no believer from my book of instructions. I'm just saying. That just a church go up. And so that means I can go to church when I choose. Everybody else go to church when they choose. I'm going to church, though, to make application for change. I don't go to church because it's Sunday. I don't go to church to hear the choir. If I get there and the choir is singing, okay, I enjoy it. But I sing my way to church in my car before I get there. So when I get to church, if I don't get there in time to do nothing but hear a word from the Lord, that's what I go for. I go to get another perspective of the word of God. And see, if when God ministers to me, if I'm on one accord with other believers... And God is ministering the same thing to them. That's why I don't fall out with folks. Because when people, I'm not in no competition. When I say that, I mean that. Because when God ministers to me, he ministers to me. And when God ministers to somebody else, if we don't want a card, then we come together in the spirit of unity. That's my perspective. That's why I give patience to everybody. <laughs> There's no such thing. I'm not a title person to feel I got to be entitled. You got to watch them spirits. I'm just saying, hello. Because it's, they, they take God off the table. And they make themselves the highlight. And, 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 and I'm going to tell you something. Because of my biblical instructions. I'm not impressed with that. I am not impressed with a person who tell me you, you, you're doing a work for God, but you want more attention than God. I'm not impressed with that. Now, if you're talking to me about God and your title, I listen to you. But if you're talking about your title and your position more than you are about the God who who told you that's your title. See, that's a whole nother teacher. And I can get real deep. I get vexed in my spirit. I'm just saying because I try the spirit by the spirit. And when I don't see the patience in people that they possess, where they fly off the handle, they get all out of order. 
quick, fast, and in a hurry. They call them trigger points now. Well, you got to watch them spirits. Because that is not of God. And they can come to me and tell me they got five titles. They got six degrees and and, and, and all the money and everything. I am not impressed. I'm, I'm going to tell y'all that. I, I'm truly not impressed. I, I, I will go sit among somebody quicker to say, you know what, Alfreda? I don't have no house, no car, no nothing. I'm just a sinner. And I, I just want to know something about God. Me and them, we can hang out. I, I rather hang out with people authentic, in other words, than people who, who always talk about their houses, cars, and lands, and positions, and degrees, but yet at the same time, you, you don't even know how to treat people. You ever met people like that? They only treat people good when things are going good. And, and when things are, when they get angry with people, they mistreat them. See, that shows me something about that spirit. It's not authentic. When people been telling me for years, oh, Alfreda, I just love you. Oh, and when cheerful, I love everybody. But the first time I'm in a need, you think you get to dictate to me. Just help me. And if you can't help me, don't hurt me. That's just the bottom line with Alfreda. That's my perspective. And that keeps me in a patience. See, this is how we execute real patience. We come and connect with people. And we keep it harmonious. We want harmony. And patience is not about, listen, it's not about being peaceful and quiet. That's where we get things out of order. You need to become a word person if you think that. You need to learn how to have patience in a hurry. I'm just saying. Because if you don't know how to have patience in a hurry, you'll miss something. Patience is not a speed. Patience is a conduct and a character. Why you got to be getting home in a hurry? I'm going to say this and put a pen in the podcast. You ever see-